What's going on, everybody? Happy end of the regular NFL season. Officially, the season ended. No Monday night football game this week, which I swear, I swear there was definitely a Monday night game. Uh, But no Monday night game this week. Officially, week 18 is over. The NFL season has officially been wrapped up, and we have everything almost set in stone, ready to go for the 2022 NFL playoffs. I guess you could say 21 slash 22 playoffs, whatever, what have you. But the playoff scenarios are set in stone. We're going to go over those on the preview pod that's going to come out on Friday. Uh, We're going to recap the Week 18 slate. uh, And I didn't even announce my own podcast, so I... Pardon me for that. Uh, I'm Cole Haight. This is the All In Man Cave podcast, uh, currently in renovation uh, slash decoration of my current man cave. Uh, Starting to look pretty good. Uh, Put some pictures out on Twitter, maybe on Facebook as well when I'm done with it. Uh, But I'm thinking it should look relatively good uh, for a half-finished half of a basement. Uh, So I'll shoot you guys some pictures of my man cave up on Twitter when I'm done. Uh, It's definitely going to be done before the end of the playoffs, probably by the end of this week. Uh, So I'll shoot some pictures out there. Uh, Please follow me on Twitter at all in man cave pod. Also, Facebook, shoot me a friend request, Cole Hate, C-O-L-E-H-A-Y, D as in dog, T as in Tom. Remember, you can listen to this podcast wherever podcasts are found, uh, but specifically iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, anything. Uh, just tell your friends, tell your coworkers, tell your family, anybody who would enjoy me talking uh, about football, which I-, I know, sometimes I'm annoying, right? Uh, but... Uh, Please listen to the podcast. I appreciate all of the listeners out there, whether you've been there uh, from the beginning, uh, back way, way back in June uh, when I came out with my first episode, or if you're just a new listener, uh, I thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. So let's get out the bad news of the week. The parlay was absolutely terrible this week, and I apologize. Uh, We were two for seven. We hit on the Cowboys minus the points. I think it was, I had about minus seven. I think it closed at minus three and a half. Uh, I told you guys four because that was on Friday, but it closed on Sunday at three and a half. Uh, But they covered that easily. Uh, And the Seattle Seahawks plus seven. Everything else did not hit. A lot of very good football games this weekend. Uh, A lot of upsets. A lot of crazy games. uh, And a lot of teams did not cover. Uh, And a lot of teams did cover by a lot, uh, as well as a lot of coaching firings, because as you guys all know, and if you don't, yesterday was Black Monday, which means every coach that will be fired or was supposed to be fired will typically get fired. And we've already had uh, four slash, I guess, technically five firings so far. And that's just head coaches, not including GMs. But we will talk about those as we go through these football games. Uh, But this is the last whole slate that we're going to go over. Uh, for the obviously the last uh, game of the regular season, we're gonna go through some all of these games. Probably talk a little bit more about some, a little less about others. Uh, but we're gonna start gearing our 
our podcast and our content towards the playoffs. So uh, we're gonna. This is the last full slate we're gonna cover. Uh, it's a little bit disappointing for all you very avid football fans out there. Uh, when football games and the NFL is not happening, I am not as happy of a person. Uh, just the way I am. Love golf. Love football. Uh, can watch the other sports. Kind of love uh, hockey as well. Uh, but not really that hardcore into baseball, which you guys know, which is why I bring my expert, Tyler Martinez, onto the podcast to talk baseball. He will be on uh, for some of that content, some of that stuff, some of the stuff that's happened in the MLB since we've last discussed it and since the season has come to a close for the MLB. So a lot of content coming for you guys, uh, a lot of different content. We'll still obviously stick with some headlines for the NFL, uh, but we're going to throw some cool stuff in there. So. Without further ado, after my entire intro soapbox, let's hop into these games. So, uh, most exciting slash most biggest upset of the week. Uh, the Jaguars beat the Colts 26-11. to Jonathan Taylor struggled early in this game. The Jacksonville Jaguars looked like they were possessed on defense. Have not seen this from this team all season. Hence them still having the first overall pick. Uh, If you guys don't remember, they had the first overall pick last year and selected Trevor Lawrence. He had a decent game. Uh, I think he was 21 of 32 for 223 and two TDs. Had a lot of really good throws throughout this football game. Uh, The Colts just didn't show up. Uh, And they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014, and they keep that streak going. Uh, Some of those games, obviously, uh, they were technically in Jacksonville, yet it was in London because it was a home game for Jacksonville. Uh, however, nonetheless, they have not won in Jacksonville in eight years, and 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 it's a problem. So I, I feel some type of way about losing big games like this, and I've always been the football fan that roots for my team to – I would rather have my team be mediocre, um, and by mediocre I mean 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and eight, uh, 7 and 10, rather than being 3-13, and 3-14 and 14, now that we've added a game. But uh, and I'd rather them be mediocre, but this hurts if you're a Colts fan. This hurts that organization. They just needed to win to get in. Uh, they closed at minus 15, and they lost by 15. Uh, so that's 30 points. The defense did not look good. The offensive line could not stop Jacksonville at all. Carson Wentz, two costly interceptions, uh, one right through his receiver's hands. The other one he would completely underthrew. So... Listen, this is what we could have expected from Carson Wentz. Now, there's people typically on one side of this, and there's people on the other side. There's typically no one in the middle. I'm in the middle. People are either high on Carson Wentz and believe in what he is as an athlete, what he is as a quarterback, and what he is as a leader, or they completely believe that he is the player that was at the ass end of his career in Philadelphia, and he is not that good of a quarterback. I'm kind of in the middle. I want to see what happens. Now, this team clearly focuses on running the football and playing defense. They don't want Carson Wentz to drop back and throw the ball and and drop back 45 times and throw it that many. But I want to see what happens when that happens. Now, they don't have many weapons. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. has been probably the most steady weapon or or, or only weapon on that team. T.Y. Hilton's been dinged up. They've had other. Uh, slot guys slash wide receiver three, wide receiver four uh, that have been in and out of the lineup. You can't build any type of rapport, any type of consistency when there's different players coming in and out of the lineup, especially on some of these plays that I'm sure Carson Wentz has in his back pocket that he knows he's good. 
uh, and he loves them. But if he doesn't trust who he's throwing it to, it's almost worthless. Uh, so the Colts miss the playoffs. Uh, Jacksonville, six sacks, two turnovers. Uh, Carson Wentz fumbled as well in this football game, a strip sack. It, it didn't look good if you're an Indianapolis Colts fan, uh, an avid watcher of the Pat McAfee show. He is a Colts fanatic. Uh, he did not have anything nice to say, and his anger level was very high uh, on, on his typical Monday podcast for the Pat McAfee show overreaction Monday uh, and it, it lived up to his name because he was not a very happy camper uh, as w- nobody would if you're an avid Indianapolis Colts fan but uh, if the Jags can play like this every week they're going to be a lot more competitive of a team Trevor Lawrence looks like if he plays like the way he did in this final game they have a shot if they make some roster moves they're going to see what they're going to do at the head coaching position. Currently, Daryl Bevel is the is the interim head coach. Don't know if he's going to be offered the job. He's even going to be in consideration for it. Uh, so we'll see what we see from these two teams, but both of them won't be in the playoffs, unfortunately, for the Colts after they went on a very hot streak uh, in the middle towards the end of the season. Next game on the docket, the Steelers beat the Ravens 16-13. to Shout out to Latavius Murray for having a great game. Uh, I have a soft spot for Latavius Murray. He subbed in uh, for Dalvin Cook uh, early in Dalvin Cook's career when he had a season-ending injury. Uh, it was 2017, actually, the, the Minnesota Miracle year. Him and Jarek McKinnon split time in the backfield. He had a lot of great games. He had a wonderful game in the, uh, this week great to see that he's still a a top player and can have that sort of output uh, that we haven't seen from him in multiple years Uh, but the Ravens had a horrible end to this season most of it on the fact that their defense had been depleted and Lamar Jackson has been dinged up for a month now Uh, you can't put all of this on Tyler Huntley Uh, Tyler Huntley probably a top three backup quarterback in this league right now uh, I would love somebody to refute that since he steps in and plays pretty well. Uh, not a lot of really solid backups out there right now uh, in terms of experience, in terms of skill set, and all-around athletes. There were multiple times that I went back uh, and saw on Red Zone that the, the announcers during this game were comparing him to Lamar Jackson throughout the game, uh, which is a very, very good compliment uh, to take to heart if you're Tyler Huntley uh, because you're able to step in and kind of substitute uh, for an MVP-type quarterback in Lamar Jackson. Um, but now starts the Big Ben parade, and we'll see how far it can go. Uh, Steelers squeak in to the playoffs due to another result that we will get to towards the end of the podcast, but the Steelers have made the playoffs. They will play Kansas City in Kansas City in round one. Uh, Not expecting much from Pittsburgh, but it's the playoffs, and right now they're plus 12.5, which is giving me an inkling uh, to take them at some point. I will have my picks ready to go for our Friday podcast. Uh, However, make sure you guys listen to that on Friday because the games start on Saturday this year. So uh, I will definitely make my pick for all the playoff games. I will come out with another parlay since this week's parlay was piss poor. Uh, I deserve to make it up to you guys uh, for obviously listening and probably because you have money on it. So uh, the Big Ben parade, going back to that, uh, are they going to be able to do anything? Are they going to give him a good hurrah, give him a good run uh, in what seems like his last, his final season before he retires as a Pittsburgh Steeler? Every avid Pittsburgh Steelers fan that I know, either via the internet or in person, 
uh, does not want to see Big Ben go anywhere else. Uh, he's been a Steeler. He's always been a Steeler, and they want him to retire a Steeler, and I think that's the most fitting thing for him to do is to retire a Steeler. He doesn't have much left in the tank. You can see it seems like he has cement shoes on in the pocket. He can't move around much anymore, and that's the problem. He can't move around much anymore. That was Big Ben's thing, a big-bodied quarterback that can move around in the pocket, scramble around, make plays. Uh, he can't seem to do that much of any at all anymore. Uh, their, their play calls are clearly geared towards his ability to throw the ball and or not throw the ball down the field, uh, which is why they're running three-yard hitches. They're running five-yard outs. Uh, wide receiver screens, running back screens. That's the only way that they think they can be effective with him at quarterback. Uh, but he deserves a good going out party. And I think he, they're going to – that defense is good enough to give Kansas City a little bit of issues. I just don't know if it's good enough for them to get a win. Next on the docket, the Titans beat the Texans 28-25. to This score was 21-0 at halftime, which is why I thought the parlay was still going to be good. Uh, in the parlay, I had the Titans, if you remember, minus 10 and a half. Uh, they, they were up 21 nothing and then just let Davis Mills throw the ball all over their defense. So uh, the, the Titans secure the number one seed with the win. Wasn't the prettiest looking win. Um, however, they, they secured it. So I, I have no issue uh, with if they were if they gave up a little bit at the end, kind of sat some people. I didn't watch every snap of this game, so I don't know if that's true. Uh, but with a 21 nothing lead, something clearly happened in that football game. Uh, and that's the best thing that I can come up with since I didn't watch every snap. Uh, but Davis Mills looked good. Uh, listen, I a lot of people will, will be quick to jump on Davis Mills and say, oh, he didn't play that well, he's a rookie, he should have played better based on the way he played in college. He didn't get that many starts in college. Uh, he's out of Stanford. He, I think he only started one year. He came into a very bad roster, uh, a very bad team, and a team that has a lot of issues on and off the field. The, a hodgepodge roster constructed of a bunch of people on one-year deals. I think I heard something. It might have been on Good Morning Football. I can't remember exactly, but I think there was 31 players on the roster on a one-year deal. That's insane. That's more than half of your your active roster is on a one-year deal, which means one of two things happened. Either they all just wanted one year to get by to figure out what the hell they're going to do, what happens with Deshaun Watson, what happens with the coaching staff, uh, what and what have you, or they just literally... I mean, I, I don't even know. Like, some of the people they signed, released, let go, traded, it didn't make sense the way they constructed their roster. So, I I don't know. Maybe they thought it would work. Either they thought it would work or they were just trying to get through a year. So, I'm not sure. David Culley, their head coach, it, it, it's hit or miss whether or not he's going to be brought back or fired as well. Uh, he was not fired on Black Monday, uh, nor was Joe Judge, uh, which is very surprising, but... It's it's interesting. It's very interesting to see what we can expect from some of these teams that have had issues off the field that have affected them on the field. Uh, and there's way more than one team uh, that that pertains to. 
Um, so we'll see. The Titans are going to get King Henry back. Derrick Henry will be back for the playoffs. They obviously secured the first round bye, which gives him another week to get acclimated, uh, get back up to 100% speed. And this team is going to look completely different, even than the team that, that basically ran the second half uh, for the AFC, they were probably a top two team, maybe only to Kansas City in the second half of the season um, in terms of overall performance. Next on the list, the Lions squeaked out a win against the Packers 37-30. to Packers sat most of their starters in the second half. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams only played the first half. Uh, I don't believe Aaron Jones played in this game at all. They sat a few players on defense as well, but their starters on defense played longer than the offense. Uh, but the Lions fought all this year, and no surprise that they squeaked out a win and had some good performances in this game. Jared Goff looked pretty good. I love the trickery. I love the trick plays. Dan Campbell looks like a very good trick play head coach. Uh, you're either really good or really bad in terms of trick plays. There's not really a middle ground. Uh, either you call good ones at the right time or you call terrible ones at the wrong time. Uh, there's not really an in-between. You can't really straddle that line very often. Uh, but they had two really good trick plays, uh, both for touchdowns. So uh, it was awesome. Awesome to see. Great to see them fight. This team looks like they want to play for this coach. Uh, and if they make some some roster changes and hit on some draft picks, uh, they're going to go from three and thirteen to being eight and nine, nine and eight, relatively quick. Uh, with DeAndre Swift, Amon Ross, St. Brown, their wide receiver this year, a very good player, has had a lot of very good games, especially in the second half of the season. Uh, and they they have an opportunity to make a couple of good draft picks with what they were able to acquire in the Jared Goff trade. So we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, but off of the Lions and onto the Packers, uh, what are we going to get from Aaron Rodgers? And who's going to be a threat to them in the playoffs? A team that can run the football and keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline is going to be their most deadly opponents. San Francisco comes to mind first. And honestly, it, you could make an argument that any team has a shot against Green Bay, but any team has a better shot when Aaron Rodgers does not have the football in his hands and he's between the hash marks. He needs to be on the sideline. What everyone used to say about Patrick Mahomes and that deadly offense uh, before this year, because their offense wasn't as deadly, still a good offense, uh, but in previous years, you keep him off the field. Similar to, to Green Bay. They have a two-headed monster at running back. They're getting players back on the defensive side of the football, and they got one of the best left tackles back this week in David Bakhtiari. So it, it's very it, – Green Bay is going to be a problem in the playoffs, especially when people have to travel to Lambeau. And and that, that puts another wrench into the into – the, the search for a team that can that can give Green Bay that loss, can they travel? Can they be a good away team? Are they able to play in the elements? This is all questions that I'm not sure if there's a team in the NFC that checks off all of those boxes. Uh, but I think with all of the teams in the NFC that made the playoffs, I think there's a few that can check most. Next on the list, the Vikings beat the Bears 31-17. to Justin Jefferson, five catches, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Missed Randy Moss's single-season receiving yards record by 17 yards. Uh, they had the ball with about a minute 20 left, up by two touchdowns, and refused to throw the ball to him. Uh, listen, I don't... I, 
I wanted him to break it. I he's been a great. He's had one of the best first two seasons in in the history of the NFL in terms of from a wide receiver aspect. He had a great game. Kirk Cousins and the offense looked awful in the first half. They came out in the second half and started slinging it. Uh, rookie Amir Smith-Marset, who's been not active uh, in most games this season, uh, came out three catches, 103 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, listen, K.J. Osborne had a big catch. Uh, there's no weapons that the Vikings need on the offensive side of the football. Adam Thielen will be back. He re-signed uh, a few years back with an extension. Uh, so they have him. They have Jefferson. They have Amir Smith-Marset. Uh, they have K.J. Osborne. Uh, they ha- will have a tight end in Irv Smith Jr. next year that they love from out of Alabama. The Vikings need to focus on the offensive si- offensive line. They need to figure out what we're doing at quarterback, and they need to fi- and they need to figure out the defense. That is where the the draft picks, free agency, trades. That is what the Vikings need to focus on: interior offensive line, defensive defensive line, defensive backs, the defense in general. I guess you could generalize and say just the defense, we, and that's that's where it is. And what are we doing at quarterback? Now, the wrench that's in this is, of course, you guys all probably know already, GM Rick Spielman and head coach Mike Zimmer both fired yesterday on Black Monday, 9 a.m. while I was on first break at work. You guys know that I was a fan of Mike Zimmer leaving this year. If I didn't say it, I've said it multiple times to all my friends I see in person every day. If I haven't mentioned it on the podcast, I appreciate it. Uh, But Mike Zimmer's time had run out. And he, the last two seasons, uh, granted, you can say it's because of COVID. Granted, you could say it's because of injuries, but he hasn't, he hasn't, I don't think he has buy-in from all these players. And it's because a lot of them are younger. And the way Mike Zimmer coaches, there's been, I encourage you guys to look up some of these players, Eric Kendricks, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, everybody reacting uh, to Mike Zimmer and his and his departure and his firing from this football team, I encourage you guys to read some of this stuff that these players wrote, not only today and yesterday, but also a week before when asked about if Zimmer was going to leave and if they bought it. The, the, the things that they were saying, it wasn't they it doesn't seem like they were bought into what he was what he was about. It seemed like a yes, yes, sir, yes, dude, yup, got it type deal where they didn't really put that much effort into buying into his scheme. And it was almost a coach that led by fear. And you can't do that. I'm making that judgment without 100% knowing that. But based on what I've read, it seems like that's what it was, uh, which is no way to communicate with millennials and Gen Z players, which is the the new rookie classes that come out after in the draft, younger players. Th- these kids are 26, uh, some of them 22, 25. Uh, they're younger kids, and you, you can't treat younger people in this generation, in this era of the world, like you did t- it, back in 1985. It just It's not going to work. You're not going to get through to them, and it's not going to be a 100% bought-in team. So good to see the Vikings get a win at the end of the season. Uh, They'll pick 12th in the draft. Not a single clue what's going to happen with that. I'm still trying to wrap my head around why the GM was fired, as well as the head coach, Mike Zimmer. I was a fan of Rick Spielman, uh, to be quite honest with you. He did miss on a few. Uh, Some draft picks given up for players that didn't impact might have been the the stone that that broke the camel's back, so to speak. Uh, But 
they're both out now. Interesting to see how teams go uh, about doing this type thing, whether they hire a GM first that hires the head coach, whether they hire the head coach first, and then he picks his GM, or it's like a combo. And then they decide on what they're going to do. But depending on what coach is hired, depending on what GM is hired, depends on if Kirk Cousins wears purple next season. On the flip side, the Bears, uh, first half, they missed on multiple fourth and goal situations. Uh, sacks on both of those in the first and second quarter. They were not good in the second half offensively. It seemed like most of their drives got into Minnesota territory, yet they stalled every time. They have some players. David Montgomery's good. Darnell Mooney looks amazing. They have Justin Fields, their quarterback of what they think is the future. Uh, And their defense has a few good players that they can keep as veterans, as well as maybe revamping it just a bit. Uh, But Ryan Pace, GM for the Bears, and head coach Matt Nagy also fired yesterday on Black Monday. Uh, So they are both out as well. Matt Nagy actually had a winning record uh, before he was fired, uh, 34-31, and which is, I can't even honestly remember the last time a coach with a winning record got fired. uh, Because I remember a lot of coaches that were not fired with a losing record. Uh, But it typically doesn't happen the other way around. Uh, So we'll see what happens with the Bears. Like I mentioned before, I like their roster. I like the promise of it. Uh, But it depends on which way it goes, depending on who they hire uh, for leadership at the head coach position and at the GM position. Next on the list, the Washington football team beat the Giants 22-7. to uh, I think it was the seventh game the Giants scored less than seven points, seven or less points this year. Uh, four of those were only threes. Uh, so the Giants' awful year this year. I have no idea how Joe Judge isn't fired yet. Uh, I'm still trying to figure it out. Uh, Gettleman, uh, their, their GM is going to be retiring. Uh, slash, I think they told him they would fire him, and he – courteously asked them if he could retire rather than get fired uh, because he's been a laughing stock since he came in uh, for the New York Giants. You got to remember the Giants are the media capital of the world. That's New York City. And the New York football teams, even though they play in New Jersey, which is the weirdest thing still that I'm trying to wrap my head around since I became a football fan, uh, but both of the New York teams are awful. And it's a problem for for New York City. And you can't mess around, which is why their offense has been awful. Their defense has been hit or miss, yet they show up in divisional games. In the middle of the year, they showed up in a few. The Giants are just a, a disaster. And I have no idea how... They're, they have not fired him as head coach yet. How is Joe Judge still employed? I am so confused as to how that's even possible. I'm so confused. Saquon Barkley, injuries, still riddled with injuries. Their offensive weapons riddled with injuries. Daniel Jones, injured and underperformed. Mike Glennon came in, injured and underperformed. Their third and fourth string quarterbacks, granted, I'm not blaming them for anything, but they were awful. Jake Fromm is not good. And we got to talk about the infamous, we got to talk about the infamous play call. It's third and nine at your four-yard line. And they ran a QB sneak. When asked about the play call, Joe Judge said, I wanted more room for my punter. If you're trying to tell me that you are a professional football coach in the National Football League and you are afraid to call a play from the four-yard line to try and get a first down, what on God's green earth are you doing? This doesn't make any sense to even a non-avid football fan. 
I asked people who have never heard of football before besides the downs, and they were confused why they didn't just punt on third down, and I thought, that's a great statement. They could have just punted on third down. If they were afraid of losing yards, this doesn't even make any sense at all. The Giants are a disaster. They are probably the worst football team right now. If I was coming out with power rankings, they would be ranked 32nd. Hands down. The players that they have are dinged up. They've underperformed. Their defense is inconsistent. The coaching staff seems like they don't care. I don't. I have no idea where this goes from here. Not a single clue. The only shot they have next year of coming back is if they make a change at the quarterback position and Russell Wilson decides to want to go there. We'll talk about Russ and the Seahawks in a bit in a minute, but I have no idea what they're doing in New York. Now, on the flip side for the Washington football team, which will probably not be named the Washington football team by next season, uh, so we'll see if they're the Red Wolves, the Senators. I have no idea what they're going to pick, but a lot of good things come from the Washington football team this year. Uh, they planned on going with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He was dinged up and then set back out for the season. Uh, basically, he was out all season except for, one. I think, one quarter. I think he was hurt in the first quarter of the first game. They, they learned that Taylor Heineke is not the future. They learned that Antonio Gibson is a great running back. They learned that scary Terry McLaurin is a number one wide receiver. And they learned that their D-line is and their defense in general has the potential to play well, which is all good things to take away from this season. Now, did they underperform? Absolutely. Absolutely. I picked them to win the division. They obviously did not uh, with the Cowboys coming in. Uh, obviously way better than them this year. Uh, and that's just on me thinking that Dak wouldn't come back that hot or even be that decent. Uh, I thought it was going to be a, a, a career type uh, switch for him in terms of being a decent B plus to A minus quarterback going to into the C's based on how graphic and gruesome that injury was. But you, you gotta, if you're a Washington football team fan, formerly the Redskins, you got to take some some positives away from this season. Uh, Curtis Samuel brought in, didn't really do much of anything this year. Was supposed to help take some take some pressure off of Scary Terry McLaurin. They need a signal caller back there. They need better play from the quarterback position, and they need more consistency on the defensive side of the football. But honestly, the the the, the Washington football team shouldn't shouldn't hang their heads after the 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 way this season shook up for them. Next on the list, the Browns beat the Bengals 21-16. to A lot of backups in this game. Cincinnati basically sat everyone. Uh, the, the Browns moving forward, Baker Mayfield needs to make a recovery. Uh, they need to get all of their players back, and they're going to have the same type of, of expectations that they had this year, next year. Everyone's going to come out, see the people on their roster, see what they have, and they're going to come out with a similar projection of 11, 12, possibly 13 wins based on the way that team was constructed uh, and based on Baker Mayfield being healthy and not being hurt all season because you have to take that into consideration when talking about the Cleveland Browns. A Baker was hurt, shoulder injuries, leg injuries, head injuries. He was roughed up all season. Their, their offensive line got dinged up. He started to take more pressure. Uh, so I don't think that the Browns are going to come out next season and have this type of performance. So we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Browns. But, but Cincinnati quickly moving on. Uh, we'll play the Raiders next week in the first round of the playoffs. If the Cincinnati offense plays the way they did at the end of the season – uh, with no stinker, they should be fine to win uh, against the Raiders. If they don't, the Raiders have been playing extremely well, 
and it's going to be a decent game. So it depends on what type of Cincinnati offense and Cincinnati defense we get. Um, but they sat most of their players this week. Jamar Chase was in, caught two passes, but everyone else pretty much sat. Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon. Uh, they had T. Higgins sitting as well uh, and some defensive players that were either dinged up or they just wanted to save them uh, for the first round of the playoffs. So uh, we'll see what we get from Cincinnati. They won that division, even though everyone projected them to become in last. Uh, so we'll see what we get from them in the playoffs. Next on the list, the Bills beat the Jets 27-10. Once again, the Buffalo run game, Devin Singletary looked great. Josh Allen ran when he needed to. Uh, and they their offense looked like it hasn't missed a beat. Now, I believe they won four in a row to end the season. They're going to play New England in the first round of the playoffs. So uh, that's going to be an interesting game. Third matchup. First matchup, basically the weather dictated the way the game went. Uh, third matchup, it looks like the weather's going to dictate it again based on the early projections of what it's going to look like in Buffalo since they won the division with their win and a New England loss, which we'll get to in a minute. But if Buffalo can run the football and play the type of defense they've been playing for the last month, they're going to be deadly. Uh, and by deadly, I mean as deadly, if not more deadly than the Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes off a little bit in terms of recently between him and Travis Kelsey, him and Tyree Kill, Miko Hardman stepped up a little bit. Byron Pringle stepped up in big spots. Demarcus Robinson stepped up in big spots. But can they step up in those spots for multiple games or for entire games in a playoff scenario? We will soon find out. Uh, but I like the Bills moving on and having a deep run in the AFC playoffs. On the flip side, the Jets uh, once again fail to cover by, oh, look, one point. I took the Jets plus 16. Sorry, I took the Jets plus 16 and a half. They lost by 17. Uh, so once again, the Jets shit the bed, part of my French, uh, for me in the parlay. Um, but Zach Wilson has improved, especially in the second half of the season. Uh, more importantly, the last month of the season, he's looked a lot better. He's lost a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the football. Michael Carter did not play a lot in the second half of the season. Corey Davis uh, was put in on IR, I think, in week 14. Uh, so as he heated up, he did it without his uh, a few of his number one targets. Uh, so very good to see that Zach Wilson's having some type of development. Uh, even if I hated the New York Jets, I never root for people to, to not develop as first-round picks, and especially at quarterback. Uh, the NFL is the NFL. I want to watch competitive games. I want people to succeed, even if they're Green Bay Packers and I'm a Vikings fan. I want people to succeed, uh, especially if they had that much promise uh, because the disappointment hurts, and I know how much it hurts. Uh, not because I have done it in the NFL, but just in life in general. Um, but we'll see what happens uh, moving forward with the Jets. They need a major, a major change on the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball uh, to address some of the players they picked up and got injured, uh, as well as some of their rookies and or younger players that have underperformed. Next on the list, the Dolphins beat the Patriots 33 to 24. I, I don't know what it is, but Miami loves playing New England in Miami, especially at the end of the season. If you guys remember the Miami Miracle, uh, the Kenyon Drake pitch that Rob Gronkowski tried to play freaking center field uh, and could not have an angle on a guy that was he clearly saw running at him. 
Um, but but shout out real quick to Duke Johnson. Now Duke Johnson has bounced around multiple teams uh, since he came into this league, uh, and he had never before this season had a hundred yard game on the ground as a starter. This year he's a backup and he's had two. Uh, in this game he had 25 carries, 117 yards, and a touchdown. I'm not sure, and maybe some of you guys can help me. Tweet at me if you know the answer to this, if there's any Miami fans out there or people that know. Uh, but why is Miles Gaskin not running the football at all? Uh, I think he had four carries last week, and I think he had three carries this week. It's a little bit weird, uh, honestly, and that's not the weirdest thing that came out of this football game. Uh, probably the most surprising thing, and before we get to the surprising, uh, the surprising thing, uh, Jalen Waddle shout out over a hundred receptions. Him and Tua Tonga-Vailoa have that connection, similar to the Joe Burrow Jamar Chase connection. Uh, it's great. It's great to see Jalen Waddle succeed. Uh, he's got his own dance, the Waddle. Ironically enough, it's pretty cool. I love it. It's kind of like Justin Jefferson in the gritty. I love celebrations that are very person personable. Uh, they self-reflect who you are, what you stand for, and, and the player you are. I love Jalen Waddle. He's a great slot guy. Uh, if they want to make him an all-purpose wide receiver, he needs to do better on the outside. However, I think he's a pretty successful slot receiver with over 100 catches in his rookie season. Uh, so no hate coming from me. Ironically enough, my last name is Hate, which is kind of funny. But uh, listen, Brian Flores, head coach of the, the Miami Dolphins, is fired uh, as of yesterday on Black Monday. This was probably surprising, and I basically align with all the TV personalities and anybody basically talking in, uh, that talks about the NFL on a regular basis and is more famous than me. Uh, so I, I didn't see this coming, and I don't think Brian Flores deserved this. Now, they did have a bad start to the season, and, and listen, everybody's got stinkers now. Not everybody starts 1-7, and seven, but guess what? He coached his team to eight straight wins. So I... Or sorry, seven straight wins. Yeah, seven straight wins. Still, they, they they won eight of their last nine games. The defense started to play amazing after the after moving on from week eight until the end of the season. And he's a defensive-minded coach. Their offense did enough to win football games. I don't think he deserved to be fired. Now, some of the stuff that's been leaked out is that the, there was disagreements between the GM him, some of the players on the way they handled things, the way their their ideals in terms of what they want to do moving forward. And if you're not going to budge and you're going to be stuck, someone's got to go. Now, that's the one reason I agree with this statement, uh, but I don't think that he his performance is the reason why he was, he was basically fired and terminated. I think it's just based on what he wanted from this football team is not the way the organization wanted to go, uh, which is why he was fired. But he is going to be a hot commodity for some of these teams that are uh, looking for a head coach and or looking for a defensive coordinator uh, because he would be an amazing fit for uh, multiple teams at either of those positions. Next on the list, the Saints beat the Falcons 30-20. to Every time I pick the Falcons plus points, they lose, even though I still put it in the parlay because I was thinking, you know what, Matt Ryan's going to get it done. Well, he did, he did not. Uh, Taysom Hill started this football game, did not finish it. Uh, he has a Liz Frank uh, issue with his foot. Now, if I'm correct, which I don't know if I am, I think the Liz Frank is a fracture in the arch of the foot. If I'm not mistaken, it's somewhere in the foot. I'm just going to cover my own ass and say foot. 
Um, but he's that injury needs to be looked at. Uh, Stasem Hill's not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's a gadget guy that you want to keep a gadget guy. Uh, the minute that, I, and I've said this to exhaustion on this podcast, I can re- hear myself saying it uh, in my head right now before I even say it, but the minute you take the gadget guy and make him a starter, all of his magic is gone. Now there is no gadget because now you see him all the time and he's a starting quarterback versus when he comes in. He can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He can catch the ball. He can punt. He can do fake punts. He can do fake plays. He can do anything. But the minute he's the starting quarterback, it takes away from some of those play calls that you could call and bring him into a game if you have a starting quarterback, which I'm assuming that will stick with Jameis Winston when he comes back from his injury. Uh, but that that might not be a possibility either, and they might move on from him as well. But Trevor Simeon finished this game. They both played pretty well. The, the Atlanta defense has been suspect all season, so I'm not surprised they gave up a 30-burger here. Not surprised. Um but what, what does Sean Payton do? Now, I've heard a lot of things on the ether about Sean Payton either leaving, accepting another job. There's been people talking about him going to college uh, to accept jobs. I didn't think that Sean Payton would ever leave New Orleans, and maybe that's just because I'm like, uh, Sean Payton is a saint forever homer. Um, but if Sean Payton's available, I've got my left hand and my right hand up right now that you guys can't see right now. Can you please come to the Vikings? Uh, because I would love to have Sean Payton as my head coach. Now, there's a lot of head coaches that are available. There's a lot that aren't. There's a lot that are already geared towards certain jobs. There's some that already have, uh, have applied to jobs based on the new role they passed uh, for teams that can start interviewing week 17. So I have no idea right now who's going to be available, who the Vikings are going to target. I'm very interested to know that. Uh, but on top of my list... Uh, will be Sean Payton if he's available, uh, as well as Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, as well as Brian Flores. Uh, all three of them would be on the top of my list to be able to take my Minnesota Vikings into uh, a better place than they've been the past two seasons. So we'll see what we get there. Falcons need to rebuild at least a, at least a minor rebuild. Uh, they need to address what they're going to do with Matt Ryan and how they're going to replace him uh, because he is getting older, starting to see some decline in terms of his skill set. Uh, his throws don't seem as crisp. It seems like he's slowing down even slower than he was when he was drafted. Not really the fastest guy coming out, but he was able to shift in the pocket, uh, similar to a Drew Brees, uh, where Drew wasn't really a runner, uh, but he was able to navigate the pocket pretty well uh, to get away from a uh, potential sackers I literally just used the word sackers potential pass rushers so we'll see what happens there's going to be a lot that come out there's going to be a lot of things that come out with these on the fringe teams your 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 Carolina Panthers your your Falcons your Vikings your Bears there's going to be a lot of stuff that comes out with uh, players leaving players coming coaches hired uh, and that's definitely going to be po- co- content worthy for this podcast. So as those things happen, uh, I will obviously update you guys. Um, however, let's go and move on to a very good game. The 49ers beat the Rams 27-24. to 49ers get into the playoffs with the win. That was in OT. Debo Samuel, another wonderful football game, had a passing touchdown to Jawan Jennings. Jawan Jennings is an awesome wide receiver three slash four for this football team. Big bodied wide receiver. I think he's out of Tennessee, if I'm not mistaken. You guys can check me on that, but I'm pretty positive he's out of Tennessee. 
Jawan Jennings had a lot of big catches in this game. They almost had three wide receivers go over 100 yards. Uh, Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, and Debo all close to over 100 yards. Uh, Jimmy G had a pretty decent game. Two bad picks in the first half. Rams were up 17-0 at halftime and couldn't close the door. That's basically what happened. And the 49ers look like they're getting hot, and it looks like they're going to be a problem for anybody they face in the playoffs. Lucky or non-lucky for them, they play the Cowboys in the first round. So that's going to be an amazing game. That probably will get the most views out of any wild card game this weekend. The Cowboys against the Niners, they have a long history going way back, way back in the early times of the NFL and past decades, obviously. Uh, but that's going to be a really good game. Uh, maybe I was wrong. I said that Trey Lance probably should have started this football game and not Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G, and I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off this take because I heard it earlier today, and it's 100% legit, true in every way, shape, or form. Jimmy Garoppolo and Kirk Cousins have the same skill set, but they're opposite. And I'm going to tell you why. Kirk Cousins cannot play from behind, and he can't play in primetime. Jimmy Garoppolo can play from behind, he can play in primetime, and he can play in the last two minutes of a game. And, and and literally the only difference is Jimmy gets hurt and Kirk doesn't. And that's a very good, very good take. And listen, I 100% agree with that. And I'm not the biggest Jimmy Garoppolo fan, and you guys know I'm not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan. I just think that Trey Lance could have learned a lot from this football game. And honestly, if there was a win and in scenario and Jimmy G was as healthy healthy as he said he is, I don't believe him. I think the thumb was more of an issue than he than he led to us to believe. But Jimmy was clearly the right start here and that I'm wrong on that in that aspect. Trey Lance probably doesn't get them the win. Uh, Jimmy made Jimmy G made really good throws in this game. He found open targets. They were able to run the ball with Elijah Mitchell. It it, it all looked like it made sense, and it all worked in the second half. Now, can they play a game where they don't have a stinker in the first half? That will determine whether or not they win playoff games. But uh, on the flip side, Cooper Cup will definitely one hundred percent win Offensive Rookie of the Year. Sorry, Offensive Player of the Year. And he had an amazing season, led in receptions, led in yards, and I believe he led in touchdowns, so I believe he had the triple crown. Listen, he had a great season. Matt Stafford needs a player like him, and he needs a player like Matt Stafford. They both need each other, very symbiotic symbiotic relationship between the two of them. One helps the other, and the other one helps the other. They had a great season. I know Matt Stafford, he limped into the end of the season, uh, honestly, physically and figuratively, based on his play and the fact that he was dinged up. But I think the Rams are okay going into the playoffs. I think Sean McVay makes a few minor changes to this game, takes some stuff out of it, uh, and they're going to be a nuisance in the playoffs, especially uh, with how dirty that defense plays and how well their offense can play when they're fully clicking. Next on the docket, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals 38-30. Rashad Penny, 23 carries, 190 yards. This guy was considered a draft bust for for basically everyone that I've ever heard talk about Rashad Penny. I wasn't the biggest fan when he came out uh, in the draft, and he didn't really play often. Uh, They were sticking with Chris Carson, but Chris Carson might have just 
figured his way out of Seattle based on the way Rashad Penny's played the last month and a half. He's played well, and it looks good. Seattle decided to turn it on the last two weeks of the season, considering they were basically non-existent uh, to the, what, 15 games previous. Uh, but they get a big win here. Um, I don't know what happens with Seattle moving forward. I need more answers. Is P- is Pete Carroll leaving? Is Russ leaving? Are any because they, they basically know draft picks. So is Russ leaving? Is Pete Carroll leaving? Is there a combination of players they need to let go? Is Russ extended? What does their salary cap look like? We have a, a long time uh, before next season starts to take a take a look at each team individually and kind of look at what they're dealing with, what their best move should be. Uh, but right now, uh, just ending week 18, we don't have a lot of clear answers. And not all the clear answers are going to happen all at once. So it's going to be an ongoing issue to try and analyze these football teams. But I wouldn't really be concerned as a Seattle fan. Even if Pete leaves or if Russ leaves, I don't think they both leave, if that makes any sense. I think one of them stays, but both of them definitely don't stay and both of them definitely don't leave. On the flip side, the Cardinals limped in, into the into the playoffs. They lose the division based on uh, San Francisco winning the football game. Uh, Cardinals needed to win to win the division. Now the division goes to the Rams. So... Uh, what is Cliff Kingsbury? And is he responsible for all of this? No. Uh, but is he? Is his job being questioned because of it? Maybe. They were the number one team for the first 10 weeks of the season, and they limped into the playoffs. It's almost similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers of last year. They started 11-0 and and limped into the playoffs, and look what happened to them in the first round. They lost to Cleveland. Now what's going to happen uh, when they play the Rams this week? I don't know, but I am 100% in fan of going with Matt Stafford and Sean McVay over Cliff Kingsbury and a struggling Arizona Cardinal team. Next on the list, the Bucks beat the Panthers 41-17. to uh, Not much to come out of this football game. The Panthers are awful. They have a lot of changes coming. They have zero quarterbacks, even though they have four on the roster. P.J. Walker, not a starting quarterback in this league. Cam Newton, clearly not a starting quarterback in this league. And Sam Darnold looks awful. So they need to address what in God's green earth they're going to do at the quarterback position. Chuba Hubbard looked pretty good as a fill-in for as much as he possibly could do, being on a piss-poor team after McCaffrey got injured. Uh, Robbie Anderson and, 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 oh my God, his name is slipping my, my mind right now. DJ Moore, sorry. DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are going to be healthy next year. They're going to be able to find tight end help. They're going to be able to to upgrade that defense and get more uh, continuity everywhere on their football team. And I don't know what happens with Matt Rule. Is this enough to get him canned? Maybe. I wouldn't think so. I think he faced enough of adversity and tried to get through it as best that he could. Uh, It just didn't work out for him this year. And I'm a Matt Rule fan. Uh, But we'll see. Panthers are going to be another one of those teams we take a look at as to what are they going to do, what is going to happen with this roster, and what are they going to do in terms of what are are they going to go get in the draft? What are they going to try and do via free agency or a trade to get a solid signal caller under center for that football team? And on the flip side, don't ever count out Tom Brady in the playoffs. I literally have it circled in my brain right now. Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I know they're limping in. 
there's their their secondary is so suspect on the defensive side of the ball. It seems like the pass rush has took it taken a hit with Shaq Barrett missing time. They've had defensive ends miss time, linebackers miss time. That their secondary, like I just mentioned, is 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 extremely weak with younger, inexperienced players. That they've lost Chris Godwin. Antonio Brown just went off the deep end. He's gone. It seems like Tom Brady and Gronk are going to be able to do some stuff. Uh, and Tyler Johnson, Scotty Miller, uh, and Cyril Grayson, the 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 three wide receivers that are going to be with Mike Evans going into the playoffs are going to be able to make an impact. Uh, but don't ever count out Tom Brady in a playoff game. Uh, and they play the Eagles this week, uh, which I'm expecting them to win big uh, because I don't think that, that um, Jalen Hurts is going to be 100% going into this game. I don't think I think that's why he sat last week. I don't think he sat for rest uh, and because he's a starter, I think his ankle is still dinged up. And I think that if that's the case, the Eagles lose a huge step uh, to try and beat a Tampa Bay team that has a very good chance of embarrassing them in the first round of the playoffs. Last on the list, the best game of not only this weekend but probably of the year. The Raiders beat the Chargers 35-32 in OT. Derek Carr and his team, this is Derek Carr's football team. And not only, there are two people that really deserve a lot of kudos for the Raiders making the playoffs this year. One of them is Derek Carr, and the other one is their head coach. Pistachia, I don't even know how to say his name correctly. I know I'm butchering that. I'm sorry, dude, out there. But the the the, the head coach and Derek Carr as a combo, the, after everything that they've been through this season, and I probably sound like a broken record even bringing this up again and again and again, but it's worth bringing up because it is a lot of stuff. They have gone through so much adversity on and off the field this year. For Derek Carr to be composed enough to lead them in the last month and a half to multiple game-winning drives, to keep their team in it, to, to coach up the backup players that are coming in for people on the COVID list, people dinged up. They're able to run the football better than expected the last month and a half. Derek Carr's been accurate. He's been able to game manage. The coaching staff has done a great job with these players. It, I don't know uh, if Pistachia is going to be there next year or even be considered, considering he's an interim for John Gruden, who resigned. But he definitely should be, and even if he doesn't win the, the first playoff game uh, for the Raiders in multiple years. He has coached this team so well. They've played well on the defensive side of the ball. That was their biggest faux pas going into the season. How was their defense going to perform? They've played well the last month and a half. Now, have they had stinkers? Yes, so has every team this year, including but not limited to even the Green Bay Packers and the Chiefs. Every team struggles throughout a season, but this team was able to turn the corner, make a big push, and make it into the playoffs, and they will play Cincinnati, like I mentioned, in the first round. Now, let's talk about the tie scenario in this game because that was hilarious. If they would have tied, the Steelers would not have made the playoffs, and they both would have made it in. If they both make it in, however, the Raiders if it was a tie, the Raiders would have played at Kansas City and not at Cincinnati. Uh, it doesn't take a genius for me to want to play Cincinnati over Kansas City. Why, you say? Because Kansas City had a, a subpar year throughout some parts of the year. 
Yes, I get that, but it's Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes versus Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow. Now, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow, great season, um, but they haven't been in the playoffs yet together. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, this is not their first rodeo. Uh, So if I'm the Raiders, I definitely want to play the Bengals. So I don't blame them at all for going for the win and not just kneeling it out and taking the playoff berth. I get all these people out there trying to create drama saying, if they kick the field goal, it could get blocked and run back. Yes, I get that. I understand that. That's always an option. On every single field goal kick, on every single game-winning field goal kick, that is an option. And it was never thought about before. I understand that in this scenario, a tie gets you in the playoffs. However, if you can win the football game, go win the football game. Go do it. And I 100% back them. I like the Raiders, and I always root for them. Even though my buddy's a Chiefs fan, I, listen, I always root for the Chiefs. My One of my best friends, Greg, huge Chiefs fan, brought him up multiple times on this podcast. I will always support the Chiefs first, but I don't hate the Raiders. I actually enjoy the Raiders. But if the Chiefs are playing the Raiders, I'm picking. I'm playing. I'm picking the Chiefs to root for. But uh, great things that we've seen from this football team, and hopefully they can keep it going in the playoffs. The Chargers on the other side, Brandon Staley going for it on fourth and one at their own 18. Absolutely ridiculous play call. Brandon Staley. We talked about it before, I believe, on the last podcast. Their defense is awful, and he's a defensive-minded coach. And they didn't make the playoffs with Justin Herbert, who was a top four quarterback this season. What does that tell you? The defense was horrible. The offense, not too shabby. They were even able to get some sort of production from the running back position with Austin Eckler being undersized and not previously not being really able to run between the tackles. They were able to their offense was able to play solid football games and try and make up for their piss poor terrible defense uh, that gives up the most rushing yards in the league and their secondary hasn't been much better either. So I don't know what happens with Brandon Staley. So much promise was on him coming into the season so I don't think they move off of Brandon Staley. I think they're definitely going to keep him for at least another year. Uh, but he needs to figure out what they're doing on the defensive side of the football because they have playmakers on that defense, and for them to be ranked that bad and perform that terribly, it's a problem. And people are going to start to notice, and they're going to start to notice quick. Fans, people on the internet, slash their own organization is going to pretty soon put him on a hot seat if they don't figure out something to do on the defensive side of the football. All right, guys, that is the last full slate of games we're going to go over. I will be back Friday for the podcast for the preview show for all of the wild card weekend. I guess you call it super wild card weekend games this week. We'll go through each one. We'll spend some time. We'll talk about it. I'll go through my picks and obviously I'll have a parlay for you guys. There's six games, which means <laughs> six leg parlay. So uh, we're definitely going to have that coming out. Uh, like I said, we're going to keep doing the two episodes Per week for the rest of the football season leading up to the Super Bowl. I'm hoping to do a cool Super Bowl episode for you guys as well. But like I mentioned, we're going to have some other content on the podcast coming up sooner rather than later. Uh, some hockey stuff. They're getting hit with COVID hard. Uh, games getting postponed left and right. Uh, we'll, we'll talk even college basketball a little bit maybe. Uh, we'll dabble into that coming into March Madness. 
as well as uh, we'll get Tyler back on the podcast and talk some baseball. Uh, might have a few people from work that are interested in coming in for the baseball baseball podcast as well. Got a lot of big baseball fans everywhere. I know I'm not the biggest one, but I appreciate the big baseball fandom. Uh, however, my Minnesota Twins are still probably going to be terrible. So, all right, guys, I will talk to you guys on Friday. Remember, uh, follow me on Twitter at All in Man Cave Pod. Add me on Facebook, Cole Hate, C O L E H A Y D as in Dog T as in Tom. And remember, the podcast is found on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts iHeartRadio, and a lot of other places podcasts are found. I will talk to you guys in a few days. Have a good next few days before I talk to you again. And like I always say, laters.